0: Here, a powerful teaching session by bishop eddie addy with the Macarius church workers leaders and pastors learn all about the work of the ministry and how you can be practically involved in building god's mega church
1: Thank you very much. Thank you once again all my senior pastors that are here. Founders, presidents of different ministries that are my neighbors here whom I have longed to visit and to see but God has found a way of bringing us together. Bishop Adongo is here and several other great men of God and women of God that are here. And um, I'm going to be introducing you all specially um, when my next speaker finishes. So I'm putting everything together so I can, I will not leave out any name because you are all very, very special to me. God bless you for coming. Tonight, I'm blessed to have My friend of many, many, many years, Bishop Richard Quartinsian, to be with us. When when we were in the university, he (laughs) do you know when that was? So, he came along and with a certain fire that helped to ignite some revival on campus in our time. Prayer was revived, word, preaching, very powerful. And um, together when Calvary Road, ministering in Calvary Road, we were sacked. And then um, he had a ministry all the way from Asante Mampong. And he and um, Reverend now Bishop Edu uh, of ICC, International Charismatic Church, they are in the upper room. They call their church upper room because it's upstairs in Fadama. Very nice. One of the nicest edifices in the skyline of that area. You know, and um, he's a very special man of God to me. We've been friends for many years. Still relate. I mean, after some time, he left me and he went to Dallas, Texas. We're all playing local league. Before I realized, one day he told me that he's going to Dallas, Texas. And he's been there for so many years building a great church. I think they bought their own building. And so on. Yeah, in Dallas, Texas. I mean, Ghana cry, if you buy your own building, it's an achievement. Then Dallas, Texas. Very powerful. And he came around. He lost his mother-in-law. So his wife's mother, ma- wife is here. And um, they came for the funeral. But before he came, he sounded to me that he would be in town. And I thought to myself, he cannot just walk away. And just say hello or visit me. So, why don't us do something together? So, I put this conference together so that we can both minister. Very seasoned man of God. Has served God in the days of Prophet Amwaku of blessed memory. They used to be teachers under his ministry. Teaching the word and traveling around and ministering all around. He is the first person who brought Daughters of Glorious Jesus to our church. Yes. I think they were just about to release their first album. Nobody knew them as Daughters of Glorious Jesus. Nobody knew them. But he he was coming to minister and then he brought them along. Some Fyanga Fyanga girls who are today very powerful in the land. But it's been a very wonderful relationship With the prophet, prophet knows him, all of us know him, we've ministered together for many years. And I thank God that after more than, um, maybe more than 30 years, almost 40 years, we are still relating and serving God in the ministry. And I'm sure the Lord has comforted his wife and the entire family and wiped away their tears so that he can be free to minister freely from his heart because was in our ministry so come but i think god has done his work in their lives so ladies and gentlemen our time is fast spent but i am sure that you will never be bored neither will you be unimpacted as you hear from this senior and seasoned man of god my friend of many years, Bishop Richard Kwateng Siao, and his lovely wife Efrie. Please come and say hello to us before maybe you sit down. Yes. Hey. Amen. 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 God bless you.
2: When we're on campus,
1: if you fall in love. Brad Kweku will not leave you at all. He will say you are backsliding. If you, know, if you don't know and you go and fall in love, he will cast out the devil from you. But I'm glad today as he's walking up, he can hold the hand of his ever young wife. Yes. God bless you.
2: Hallelujah. Thank you very, 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 very much, Bishop Edi Adi, my great friend and brother, And um, when we came all the way from Asante-Mampong with all the hard knocks, he was one of my first Accra friends. And uh, showed me how to live in the city, you know, and uh, how to be a city boy, you know. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. He, he tutored me a lot. So if uh, I show some macra instinct, you know where it came from. <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. I have my beautiful wife here. <clears throat> She's just 16 and a half years. So, <laughs> praise the name of the Lord. Uh, as you've been told, I came for a sale contract and now that i've finished the assault contract i'm free to preach would you want to say something to these beautiful people
3: hallelujah yeah. hallelujah yeah. we thank god for such a wonderful gathering it's by his grace that we are all under the feet of the lord we bring greetings from dallas texas precisely yeah. Greetings from my children, from the whole church. We love you, and we love the work of God that is going on here. I can see it's massive. So we need massive support. Like Bishop said, if we have to have a mega church, then we need mega people to do the mega work. So may the Lord give us the strength to be able to do the mega work that has been given unto us. Thank you and God bless you.
2: Thank you very much. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, You may take your seats in the presence of God. We all are also standing with um, the presiding bishop and the prophet of the Lighthouse Churches International. Amen. (laughs) Um, I think that sometimes God reserves some of the fiercest and severest battles for the greatest generals. Mm -hmm. And um, personally, I feel like he's fighting for all of us. Mm -hmm. And we are all you know, praying, watching, waiting, see him go through so that we can all learn something and be able to comfort others. So we stand with him and his family and we know the Lord will bring comfort. Tonight, once again, I'm very privileged to be speaking to you all and I thank Bishop Eddie and this ministry for giving me opportunity to share the grace of God with these wonderful men and women of God, bishops, founders, pastors, (laughs) deacons, elders, and uh, shepherds, and cell leaders, and all the wonderful people who are in the ministry. I know some of my pastors said they were coming. Um, if you are from ICC, yes, uh, that is Pastor fee Pastor <laughs> Mauli, and any one of them. All right. You are most welcome. And tonight, <clears throat> I want to, after, uh, you know, I'm still old school, so I, I use notes, you know. And, um, these ones, I, I, I scribbled them down three nights ago um, to, to share with you as a fellow liberal in the kingdom's vineyard. Uh, I, I am here as one of you. Um, you know, I started preaching. I was so small, nobody would invite me. So I will invite myself. I preach at the market. I preach at the, the hospitals, were my best places of preaching. And um, oh, the King of Kings bus, the one from Arena to Odoko, that was my best. That was my mega church. Yeah. I preach there, I preach at funerals and every place. And um, Bishop and myself and a couple of others, we will go to some secondary schools. Do you remember the trip we took to Mfansman? Yeah, we took it together. We didn't even have money for the full fare, So we had only one way. So we went, we preached, we finished, and we said by faith, we will go back to Legon. And we stood by the roadside believing God and the professor gave us a ride to live on. (laughs) So, those of you who think that we preach because of money, because of fame and whatnot, I often ask them, what about that time? What was moving us? It is God who is at work in us both to will and to do his good pleasure. It is not by ourselves. We didn't know, um, I didn't even know there was, Texas was a state. I didn't even know that. Um, the only Texas I had was Hotel de Texas in near Asuqua. <laughs> so, I didn't even know Texas was a state. You know, it was later on that I learned it was a state, let alone go and live there the past 16 and a half years doing the work of the ministry. We are from far away. <laughs> and um, it's been a wonderful time, you know, we're over there in the campus at Legon, together with uh, Bishop E.T. Saki, And um, Bishop Jakes and others we were just doing something um, not really knowing where we were going but the Lord knew what he was doing with our lives. If there's anyone here who is not sure uh, why am I doing this I want you to take heart when you cannot see him he sees you and his hand is upon you and he will move you and bring you to that place that he has appointed for you and one day you will look back and rejoice that indeed he is God. Hallelujah. Recently somebody sent us a picture from Legon campus and you know that time I was the preacher and I had only one suit and That one was my father's suit that I did alteration on. And it had very big flaps, you know, on this side. Um, Your bishop didn't have a suit, so I was higher. (laughs) (laughs) He didn't have a suit, so I, I had one, you know. So I was always the preacher because I had a suit. (laughs) (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord I want you to know That Rome was not built In a day And today when you see your bishop And other ministers They were somewhere just like you are. And if God had brought us that far Then just keep being faithful In whatever he has called you to do He is faithful That has called us And he will also do what he has said he will do amen Amen. all right let's share a word of prayer father in the name of jesus these are your people in the vineyard in the farmhouse working and laboring these are shepherds laboring in the night and day in the desert winning souls building churches Praying and making intercessions and crying out in the wilderness, calling on people to tend to you, Jehovah God, through your only son, Jesus. Therefore, Lord, come forth and bring forth the sweet spirit, the resurrection power, and revive, renew, refresh, Lord, restore, and lead us in the path of righteousness for your name's sake and even if anyone is walking through the valley of the shadow of death, bring comfort and assurance, and let them know that you are Emmanuel, God who is always with us, and that you will never, never leave us, nor forsake us. We give you praise. Holy Spirit, use me to minister to your people. These are your own people. Bless them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Tonight, I am sharing with you Waxing Strong in the Spirit. And the character uh, background is that of John the Baptist. And when I say Waxing Strong in the Spirit, I'm quoting from the Old King James Version. The newer versions will tell you to grow in the spirit. Be strong and he became strong. Okay, let's read it. Luke chapter 1 and verse eighty. And the child grew, from the old King James Version, and waxed strong in the spirit and was in the desert till the day of his showing unto Israel. Bible says, till the day of his showing, till the day of his manifestation, until the day of his appearing unto Israel, there is always a private part of ministry, a personal part of ministry. And my goal tonight Is to strengthen you children of God. Servant of the Lord. In that personal discipline. And responsibility. Of being a minister. It is a very dangerous thing. For your ministry to be bigger than your spirit. And therefore you need to grow your spirit. In order for the Holy Spirit to be able to use you. And entrust greater responsibility into your hands. The Bible says, and the child grew. We were all born again and we are all the children of God. But no child remains a child forever. In fact, it will be a tragedy. If your child refuses to grow, so it is the children of God who become disciples of Christ and become servants of the Lord and ministers of the gospel. And to grow means to acquire cumulative increase, and growth is not something that happens instantly. The Bible says the righteous is like a tree that is planted by the riverside. Trees don't grow up in a day. So when I talk about your personal spiritual growth, I'm talking about making daily increases. Now you see my central government... Bishops is very flat. Mine is a little bigger. It tells you something. I am doing something daily that has resulted in my bigger central government. If Bishops is flat, it means he is doing something daily that has resulted in a flat, epic, central government. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. So I'm talking about things that you need to do on daily basis. That will bring cumulative growth. Not just one day Skyrockets up into the uh, into the air get burnt up and you fall down again whatever is of God has life and whatever has life will grow and if you are going to grow in the spirit you are going to grow by your daily habits that will make you an effective minister to others and that will result in your the growth of your ministry and the growth of your church the same thing is said about john the baptist again in luke chapter 2 and verse 40 the bible says and the child grew and became strong in the spirit filled with wisdom And the grace of God was upon him. The child grew and became strong in the spirit and filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. So, tonight I'll be focusing more on becoming strong in the spirit. A little bit into the wisdom, the skill, and the expertise of ministry. With Lighthouse Churches, with all you. I'm not going to go into strategic planning and all those stuff. I am going to just minister to you as the servant of the Lord. And how to sharpen your ministry skills as a person. And God willing tomorrow, as we delve deeper into it, I will be spending some time on how to communicate the gospel. How to win souls on on personal level. And I will be talking about, I'll be emphasizing communicating aspects of um, preaching the gospel. Because the Bible says, how can they be saved unless they believe? And how can they believe unless there is a preacher preaching? And how could there be a preacher unless he or she is sent? Okay, so the, in that chain, in the salvation chain, is the human factor. And that human factor is the preacher. And the Bible says how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news the gospel. Many times we fail to address the need of the preacher. But when he is taken out, then there is no preaching. And where there is no preaching, there is no believing. Where there is no believing, there will be no calling on the Lord. And where there is no calling on the Lord, there will be no salvation. And Jesus' death and resurrection would be in vain. And so you and all the people here, you f- are a critical part of God's kingdom agenda. And we must be equipped to know how to preach. <laughs> <clears throat> that reminds me, this one is from my general overseer bishop, you know, back home in Mampong, had a powerful all night then at the all night a prophetic word came and said, My children, go out and witness. So, with the youthful zeal, when you hear the word, you obey it right there and then. So, go out and witness meant that we should close the prayer meeting, and all of us should go out and witness at the night, at dawn. Unfortunately, the preachers have not been equipped. One brother, his whole preaching was Enrian Num Enrian Probably the best preaching that night was Kaiobofu omranti Tibrem and San Anabone Naba. And that was all the preaching. Well, maybe somebody got saved. I don't know. But I think if we have been a little bit equipped, um, whatever anointing that had come that night would have done more work for the kingdom of our God. Amen. Amen. Jesus said in John chapter 14 when he was leaving physically that I will not leave you like orphans, but I will send you another comforter, another helper. The Holy Spirit is our help. Just as the disciples who go to Jesus when they are hungry to get bread, to feed 5,000, just as when Peter's mother-in-law is sick, you call Jesus and you pray for her, just as when the storms came up on the sea, they would call him and he would rebuke them. Jesus finally said he was leaving physically. And they were very disappointed. And rightly so. And then he brought them that comforting word. That I am sending you another comforter. Another special assistant of the same quantity or the same quality and nature and character of God that will be with you and in John 16 he said it is expedient it is profitable that I go away so that the comforter will come and how did he show the expediency the profitability he said because he will be with you always to the end of the age so we have this special Jesus spirit that is with us in the form of the Holy Spirit to assist us to be our partner to be our supporter to be the one who equips us, strengthens us nourishes us, teaches us comforts us helps us, so whatever you are going through The Holy Spirit is available to help you. Not only to speak in tongues. Or to prophesy. But to help you in everything. Just as Jesus would have helped you. Or he would have helped the disciples on the streets of Galilee. And the Bible says that after he left. Mark summed it up and said the Lord was working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs and wonders. Of course, in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, he said, you shall receive power. That is ability. Power is simply defined as ability to overcome despite resistance, despite opposition you are able to rise over and above the header. And the Bible says that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will be able to rise over and above whatever challenge or obstacles that the enemy will throw in our way. And he says, and you shall be my witness. A witness is Uh, a proof producer, a witness is somebody who has a first-hand experience, has tasted, has handled, has felt it, and he is telling others what he has seen and what he has handled and what he has experienced. So the greatest impact of the Holy Spirit upon our lives Is to transform us into witnesses of Jesus. To be a witness of Jesus is simply summed up in these two sentences. To represent him and to present him. So yes, when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will speak in tongues. We will have the fruits of the Spirit. We will have the nine manifestations of the Spirit. We will have the kingly anointing. And all those blessings will come. But all those are equipments and tools and energies and expertise and skills that is to transform us from wherever and whoever we are to become witnesses of Jehovah God's only Son. Jesus Christ. So until you become a witness of Christ, you become somebody who represents and not only represents but also be able to present him to another, then the Holy Spirit has not finished his work of transformation in your life. And this all comes down to being strong in the spirit, and growing in the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. On the day of Pentecost, when the Apostle Peter was asked to preach by the Holy Spirit, he said that this Jesus whom you crucified, God has raised up, of which we are witnesses. And he went on to say that these now you see and these things that you hear are the things of what Jesus had prayed down. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, he, he produces the things of Christ so that when people see us, even though we are ordinary people, they will see some manifestations of Christ upon our lives. And we will begin to they will begin to wonder why is it that we were we are all in the same school, we are all on the same campus, we are all living in the same neighborhood, we are all in a third world country, but it looks like there is something different about you. Praise the name of the Lord. That is the that that makes you different because of the touch and the impact of Christ upon your life, is what will grow out to make you a witness and a minister of the gospel. And that is the power of revelation. When Jesus rose from the dead, the Bible says that there were two disciples, Cleopas and his friend. On that Sunday evening, they were going to a, a small village called Emmaus. As they went and pondered and mourned about all that had happened, the Bible says that a man joined them, and they were engaged in a conversation. As they trek on, this man was exposing the scriptures from Moses to the law, through the law, through the prophets. And they said that even their hearts were burning within them. And yet, they could not perceive the person of this strange friend. And when they got to the village and he acted as if he was continuing, because of the powerful preaching and exposition that they had, They impressed upon him to stay with them in the night. And the Bible says, As they sat at the table, And he took the bread, And broke it, And blessed it, And gave it to them, Suddenly, Their eyes were what? Open, And when their eyes were open, They saw the resurrected Jesus. That is the power of revelation. And when they saw him, they could not sit still. Here are people who had come to rest. But the power of revelation gave them so much energy that they arose and went back to where they came from to tell them that we have seen the Lord. So if you do not have the power of revelation of Christ Jesus our Lord then witnessing and so winning becomes a drag it becomes so difficult to do but when the revelation hits you and you see Jesus in the fullness of his power and in the fullness of his glory then you can't sit still you will have to go praise the name of the Lord That is why the Apostle Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1. After he heard of their faith and their love in the Lord, he prayed for the church, what are called the apostolic prayers. One of my favorite studies in the Bible are where prayers are recorded. So, one time, long time ago, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I should read the first and the last chapters of every epistle of Paul. And one of the things I noticed among others is that he, had, he always prayed for the church. And uh, I didn't go to Bible school to become a pastor. So what I did was that I took the prayers of the Apostle Paul, and I prayed the same prayers for my church members. You know, and in Ephesians, which stands out among the law, he prayed, number one, that they will receive the spirit of revelation and the spirit of wisdom that their eyes will be, what, enlightened so that they may know what is the hope of our calling, what are the riches of our inheritance in Christ Jesus, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe. And he says that same power is by which he raised him from the dead and ascended to be seated on the right hand side of God, far above principalities and powers. But back to it, the apostle Paul realized that once the Ephesian church had believed and they have shown faith and shown love the next thing is that they will receive the power of revelation because without revelation there will not be action so he started to pray that their eyes will be open now but you see these days when we mention revelation a kind of you must, we must we must redefine it a little bit because there are all kinds of revelations that people are sharing and um, the charisma, the spiritual gifts um, to some extent in some areas are being uh, misplaced but take note he said, revelation in the knowledge of Christ you see any spiritual film show or movie, any trance, any vision, any dream, any whatever that you see in the spirit. Is it spiritual? Yes. But if it is not squared up in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, the gospel of our Lord Jesus, it is superstition. You see? It is superstition. Unless it is squared up in the knowledge of Christ Jesus, our Lord. I've been a pastor for a while. One thing about being a pastor for a while is that you hear and see so many things. And church members will come with you with their revelations and all that stuff. You see. And I remember one time we had anointing services. People were, you know, all those kind of... uh, Charismatic acrobatics were taking place over there. And um, Monday, I was relaxing in my home and knowing that, ah, I'm sure now all my church members are at peace. I got a call from a sister. He said, Bishop, um, a prophet has called me from Ghana. And he said that he had the revelation. And, of course, the witches were coming after her. She narrated the details of the revelation. I listened quietly. As she ended, I said, Okay, that's a beautiful revelation. What do you want me to do? said, What is the meaning? said, Go and ask the prophet where Jesus was when the witches were coming. You see you you got to square it up. (laughs) Bishop told you I work with the late Reverend Amwakum. He's, I've never seen any man who casts demons out like him. You know, my world is a small one, so if you know somebody who is bigger and better, fine. But in my little world, I've not seen anybody who can cast demons, witches, wizards, magicians, fetish priests. He he just delivered them at the command of the name of Jesus. I've never seen anyone like that. So I know the atrocities of witches and wizards. But we cannot ignore the ever presence of our shepherd and our bishop. And his promise that i will never 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 leave you nor for what forsake you i've also had visions of witches coming anyway but you see you got to square it up with the gospel of our lord jesus christ otherwise you go off into superstition as a result of that some some people, genuine good Christians are shying away from revelation. Because they they can wrap the scriptures around some of the revelations that children of God are propagating around and speaking around. So, as I stir you up to grow stronger in the spirit, I am energizing you, motivating you To move into the realm of growth in Christ Jesus. Where you will receive true revelation in Christ. And God will speak to you and say, upon this rock I will build my church. And declare the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. Praise the name of the Lord. I I want you to get the revelation That shows you where Christ has placed you. So that whatever he has called you to do. You do it with full boldness and assurance. That God is with me. It's not my strength. It's not my energy. It's not my expertise. It's not my ability. It is by the power of the Holy Ghost. His fruits. His gifts. This anointing that is working in me. The Bible says we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. But you can't work out what has not already been deposited into you. And so verse 13, he says, It is God who is at work in you both to will and to do. God gives us the desire and God gives us the ability. If you have the desire to be an evangelist, the desire to be a pastor, the desire to be a cell leader, it is God that has placed that desire in your heart. And therefore, you need to depend on God to give you the expertise, the skill, and the power, and the force to be what He has placed in your heart. If it is your own desire, then you can bring it to pass by your own self. It is very dangerous to try and do the work of God in your own might. If you think it's not dangerous, ask the sons of Sceva. And they will tell you their experience. But when we have Christ in us working it out, then his grace becomes sufficient. And that sufficiency, the Bible said, the God of all grace. I have had some manifestations that had occurred only once in my ministry. I didn't know they were in me. But when that need arose, God just showed forth and did his own thing. But when I got home, I said, wow. This must be God. (laughs) Praise the name of the Lord. And I want to assure you that that same God is in your life. And no matter what you are going through, Remember that it is God who has placed that desire in you. And that same God will bring the ability. He will bring the know-how. He will bring the partners. He will bring the breakthrough. He will bring the spiritual gift. Just make sure that at each time, God is in you. That is all that matters. And that is the power of revelation. One time, many times people have come to me. Pastor, I want to start my own church. I said, why do you want to start your church? Why do you want to start your ministry? And then they will tell all the stories. The senior pastor has backslidden. The pastor's wife doesn't like me. And all those stuff. Why now they want to start their own ministries? And I tell them, you know what? Every ministry you start, Satan will come against it. And the only language that Satan will understand is revelation. You can have reasons. You can have all the arguments. But he's not going to buy it. Because Jesus said, Upon this, that is the revelation of himself, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So I always send them back, go get revelation. So that when you meet Satan, you can say, thus saith the Lord. The Lord called me from the backside of Mount Pongasanti Forest. And brought me into his kingdom for such a time as this. And planted me in that United States of America. When I got to Legon University of Ghana, I had never even seen an aeroplane before. Bishop, myself, and uh, Pastor Korte, when we get little money, we we'll would take Trotro, go sit at the airport, and look at the aircraft taking off. And we were enjoying it. That was the closest I came to an airplane. So if God takes you to some place, if he himself takes you there, he will keep you. The grace of God will not take you where it cannot preserve and prosper you. Wherever he will take you, he will prosper you over there. Praise the name of the Lord. And the secret is the power of what? Revelation. Get revelation. You see, when I came in, Bishop was talking about hunger. You see, hunger and thirst is spiritual currency. That is how we buy spiritual things from God. We don't buy by money. We don't buy by stature. We don't buy by anything. It is according, Jesus said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You are going to be filled as hungry as you are, you are going to be filled as thirsty as you are. It's not by any manipulation is how thirsty and hungry you are. And unless you are hungry and thirsty, if you think, like he told the church, that you feel so comfortable, and you you have developed what my friend calls arrival syndrome. You have arrived. If you develop arrival syndrome, you cut short your spiritual life, and you remain there. But as long as you are hungry and thirsty after the church growth, after the ministry's growth, after to win more souls, then God will continue to add and add and add and add. Just be hungry and thirsty and God will continue to add. After all, that guy in Mark chapter 5, Had legion of demons, and legion, the theologians say, is between 600 and about 6 million. That is in spiritual capacity. You know, when you go into vehicles, some of them are uh, V6, uh, V8, and that shows you the the engine capacity, and also tells you how, how big the fuel tank and its consumption. So if you, de- you expand your hunger and grow thereby, if a de- or demon, Satan, could anoint an ordinary boy in the village with legion of demons so that the whole village, nobody could control this man. How much more? How much more? How much more? Won't the heavenly father pour out his blessings and pour out his spirit upon all flesh? Joel cried, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your young men and your young ladies shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And upon all flesh there will be signs and wonders. These are the last days. God is pouring out his spirit indiscriminately. Upon all that are hungry and thirsty. Receive the spirit of the living God. Praise the name of the Lord. The power of revelation. And I'm going to take you through. Just seven steps. On how to recognize. And act upon. That revelation. In your life. All my life. In ministry. Has been more of. As the spirit leads. And. I didn't have any expertise i didn't have any training it's just what the lord led me at each day at each time that is how i grew and became a minister of the gospel when we read the christmas story i know today it's more about the lights and the stars and the flowers and and um Back home in the village, there was a particular biscuit they call crackers. You know, we only had it during Christmas. So, we will sew it up in a thread and hang it around our neck. And then you'll be walking in the village with it like a necklace. And then as you go on, you just, you know, break a little bit and eat it, you know those were the days when we drank uh, Fanta only on Christmas and um, when they gave it to you you put it in your mouth and you keep it on your tongue for a while (laughs) praise the name of the Lord just to you know get to know the taste man (laughs) it may be another year before you get another one (laughs) praise the name of the Lord It's all about biscuits and food and things like that. But if you go to the first Christmas, you will find out that it was a supernatural event. Angels descending and ascending. Angels greeting young girls, Mary, and talking to old women, Elizabeth, and, and Zachariah in the temple. Angels visiting shepherds whilst they were watching their sheep by night, even wise men in the east seeing stars and making a long journey to Jerusalem, the scribes reading the scriptures, knew all the evidence, the location, the time and everything. It, it was about supernatural. It all Christmas should remind us of the supernatural God that speaks to his children by diverse means, by His Spirit. Because God is Spirit. And they that serve Him must be ready to walk with Him in the Spirit. So, before you learn the techniques of ministry, before you learn the five steps to grow your church, anchor your soul in spiritual growth. And like john the baptist grow incrementally as a spiritual being born again by the spirit of the living god never forget that you are a child of god before you became a minister of the gospel praise the name of the lord so this is based on luke chapter 1 from verses 26 a little bit into luke chapter 2 but let's pick up the, say, uh, the main points and run through the seven ways to recognize revelation in your life. You must be able to recognize revelation. Otherwise, you can miss out God's direction. Back home in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, like Bishop told you, we have a big... Uh, the campus itself is is very big on about four acre land in America and uh, we have about 25 rooms, three big halls and many other classrooms. We have a basement which is not common in Texas that belongs to us. One Sunday morning as I prepared my messages and I was trying to be high tech so I was typing it up, you know, trying to project it on the screen and give it out on WhatsApp so that they can follow the notes as I preach. and I felt strongly that I should get up and go to the backside of the campus. It's very strange. And, and yet, I, I, I felt that hold up until I did it. So I got up not knowing what was going to happen. And I walked and it was like, I, was, I kept asking myself, what am I doing here? I'm supposed to finish my message what is this and as I walked in walked out of the campus and ten left here was somebody trying to break into the campus by the back door and I just pounced on him I was not expecting it he was not expecting it I jumped back he jumped here and took off. If he had turned on me, it would have been another story. But I stopped burglary in the act by revelation. Is by revelation. So revelation can save your life, and you got to. It doesn't always have to come with thunder and lightning, but that is what will give you the power to overcome any satanic force that the enemy will send your way. Praise the name of the Lord. So we take the story of Mary. Bible says that Mary was a little damsel young girl in the city of Bethlehem. And there the Bible says while she was probably working in the morning, sweeping his house, her house or something like that, she was shocked what i call startled whenever a revelation comes it creates some startlement the angel said hail mary and the bible say that the greetings troubled her so whenever you get a revelation it creates some unsettlement some startlement that causes some trouble but it is not trouble of the mind. It is the trouble of the soul. You remember that when Pharaoh had the dream and wanted the interpretation, he was troubled. That is what. So when you receive trouble, that kind of troubling in your spirit, it is meant to get your attention. It does not necessarily mean move, but it simply means. God is about something And he wants you to incline your ear The Bible says She was troubled at the saying." We are not to believe every spirit But we are not to be spiritually ignorant Whether it was Herod Whether it was uh, uh, the scribes or the three, the the wise men, we are not told there are three wise men, every one of them had some unsettlement, some nagging of the soul that causes you to engage yourself in spiritual probing and investigation. Let me tell you something. You've got to be spiritually inquisitive. Don't, don't overlook signals. I'm not talking about being superstitious. When you see some cockroaches running back, they say, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, I bind you. Please, just take a little stick and kill it. Are you with me? So I'm not talking about when you see the wall gecko on your wall, then you begin to bind and loose and all that kind of stuff. I'm not talking about that kind of thing. But I'm talking about serious spiritual awareness where you know that this troubling is in my spirit. And it could be God is trying to get my attention. The second step is the moment Moses when he was troubled, he said I will now turn aside and see. You see, whenever the troubling come and you don't respond with turning aside to see you are not going to get the next step which is the announcement number two is the announcement you see before he proclaimed he will call you look at Samuel lying in the temple he called him with the voice of a man and he went to a man it was troubling and he called him again he went in there he took the experience of the high priest Eli To tell him this could be the voice of God. And taught him how he should respond. That's why you need to go to Bible studies. That's why you need to buy Bishop's books. And read it. Because apart from the revelation, there is experience. And even though you could be hearing voices. It will take experience to decipher and discern. And know when God is talking to you. Because many times when God is speaking, he speaks like the voice of a man. So the Bible says, that's what I call the sight and sound. It could be varied of many kinds. He says, Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will show you great and mighty things. So God is a show God. God is the speaking God, and there could be sound and sights in the spirit. With the announcement, we usually receive it with what I call hesitation. Like when I was getting out, I hesitated. That was not the only revelation, but I, that's what I like to share. As an example, in the hesitation period, we are trying to investigate and establish the authenticity of that revelation. The Bible says we should try spirits. God is not angry that you are trying to confirm the word that you have heard. The only problem is that some people waste too much time at the hesitation, and it depends on your spiritual maturity or sensitivity. To the things of God. Moses had a long argument with God. Finally he said I, 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 I cannot even, even speak. And God said who created the mouth and the tongue? Gideon had a long argument. Okay God if it is you let it rain but let not the fleece be wet. Let only the ground be wet and God will do it. And then God, you change it. Now let the fleece be wet. Don't let the ground be wet. And God will do it. That is the period of hesitation. It's the time of meditation and prayer. The Bible says, Test all spirit. You are establishing the revelation. When you get the revelation, don't be in a haste to tell it out. Not all revelations are supposed to be shared. Some of them are meant to just pray about it. And some of them you may not even fully understand it until after a while. One time God gave me a revelation. It took me two years to find the meaning of the revelation. And you know when I got the meaning? I got it from a book that somebody has written. And only when I took, the person gave, so a friend gave me that book. I said, "Oh, well, this must be a nice topic. I flipped it up. I went to one page, and that page gave me the exact interpretation of a dream I had two years earlier. And that was the only page I read, anyway. <laughs> Are you with me? But I'm talking about this in relation to your calling and your ministry and the things that God wants you to do. That you got to be investigating. But you cannot waver on forever. On a very sad note, I have a friend Even when we were growing up in ministry he was being invited to preach at conventions. He had a very rich family. And he was from a rich home. And Every day he would say, as for me, I don't want to depend on church offerings. So I want to raise my own money and sponsor my own ministry. And he was very learned and from a rich home too. But every time he wanted to leave the business to enter into ministry, the devil would strike the business and he would come back. I don't want to leave on church people's offerings. As a result, till date, he's not been able to establish his ministry. Why? He spent too much time investigating what time, what mode, what plan, when and where, God. No matter what, if it is a revelation, there will be a gap that you have to fill by faith. No matter what. You are the let God write it on the wall. Whatever. God will still leave a gap that you have to fill only by faith. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. But then you need to investigate and find out what is going on. And now that you test the spirit and find out that it is God speaking, you've got to submit to that revelation. So Mary said, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Be it unto me according to your word. And then the angel left. And soon Mary became pregnant from within out and we know the story jesus was born the fifth step is the step of confirmation or verification the bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses every word is established i have a practice i wouldn't say it's a law but it's a practice that whenever i receive a revelation I want God to lead me to a scripture that confirms that revelation. So you got to confirm there is nothing wrong with confirming the revelation. And let me tell you, the surest person to go to by way of general advice is your pastor, your shepherd. I tell my church, anytime you hear a spirit telling you to fast more than three days. Consult me before you begin. Because I want to be sure not some demons are talking to you. Are are you with me? You know, three day fast, even if it is not of God, you won't die. You'll be okay. But going beyond three days, it must be a divine mandate upon your life. Otherwise, it is not Right, it's not spiritual common sense to do it like that, especially if you are going dry. Whatever revelation you have, even Moses had Aaron coming to confirm what God has told him. He saw the burning bush, he saw God pop, he saw uh, the, the, the staff turn into um, a, a serpent, he saw his hands become leprous and healed again. And yet, Aaron had to meet him in the way to confirm what God has told him. So there is nothing wrong with that confirmation. Mary, knowing what God had told him, and the angel instructed him to go see his auntie Elizabeth, Mrs. Zachariah. So she traveled all the way to her Mrs. Zachariah was. And when she entered, the Bible says there was deep calling unto deep. The baby in Mrs. Zachariah's womb leaped upon hearing the voice of Mary because Mary carried the Messiah and Elizabeth carried the one who was going before the Messiah. And with that, Mary was assured that indeed what he was carrying was truly from god so confirmation is important and of course after the confirmation you should continue with worship and don't forget worship also means service and finally in the seventh one you've got to act the revelation out and in acting the revelation out Imagine Mary, a young girl about to be betrothed to Joseph, about to be married, and you go tell your beloved that I am pregnant with the Holy Spirit. Oh, it is something. You see, when you are carrying a revelation, remember that you will be a gossip topic in the village. Everybody will be talking, hey, (laughs) have you heard? Mary is pregnant. And they say it is not Joseph. So who could it be? Somebody said, the other day I saw her and me at the corner. Yeah. And not <laughs> then they say, hey, she says it's the Holy Spirit. The village people say. <laughs> if it were our days, we would refer her to a psychiatrist to figure out if she was all right. Until Joseph was spoken to by the angel. But no matter how the dream, the the wonders of the sound and the sight, you've got to get out from the mountain, go down to the valley where the problems are, and act out the revelation God has given to you. And it wasn't easy for Mary and Joseph on that Christmas Eve... They had to make that long trek with a pregnant wife sitting on a horse, making their way to Bethlehem. All because of revelation, all because an angel greeted her, all because of a dream that the angel gave to Joseph. Now he had to take a pregnancy and be responsible for something he didn't understand something he didn't know, except by a dream, except by revelation, and they had to make this long trek. I'm sure Joseph will ask Mary, did you say the angel told you that you are the blessed among all women? If you are the blessed among all women, why do we have to sweat it out and walk like this? Couldn't that angel have transported us? From where we are straight to Bethlehem. And to add insult to injury. They got to Bethlehem. There was no place for them to sleep. Can you imagine the creator of heaven and earth. The one who made the whole world. Says my child is coming. And I have selected you. And you are the blessed among all women. Go to Bethlehem. And I did not make reservations for you. Without faith. It is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. And he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Mary was pregnant. Mary was in pain because of revelation. Because of the vision. The people were laughing at him. He was knocking on doors. And they won't open. This one will say... (laughs) But she was carrying a revelation I'm not sure At a point Moses, uh, Joseph Turned to her and he said Did you see the angel said your baby will become The king of the whole world He's the king of the whole world Why this I am here to tell somebody In ministry That you are in your Bethlehem level of growth and when you are in your bethlehem level there will be a pregnant woman who is in pain there will be a confused husband who don't know what to do you will knock on some doors they will say no room for you you will knock on some doors they will close it against your face and you may have to go from air to be to see and go through all the struggles because you are in your bethlehem stage of ministry that is when you have to keep believing i'm here to tell you keep believing he that has called us is faithful he will do When he said it he meant it we may not know how we may not know when but as you keep being faithful if he says take her as your wife you take her if he says go to bethlehem you go to bethlehem if you need a place just keep knocking knock and knock and knock until even if you find a sheep manger begin to obey the lord the power of the revelation. Is in the obedience. The power of the vision. Is in your acting out. At the end of the day. If you are an evangelist. You've got to go to the street side. Whoever will listen. You've got to preach. If you are a pastor. Take your wife and your, your, your baby. And preach to them every Sunday. You've got to begin from somewhere. Because God is able to save. Either by many or by small. Shall we lift up our hands and pray? Come on, open your mouth. I see some pregnant men. And some pregnant ministers. Some pregnant ladies. They look a little ugly. They don't look very dignified. And it looks like there is nothing in them to attract the mega people. And you could be knocking on some doors and they shut it on your face. You can't find a place for your pregnant wife to even have a baby. But hear me, child of God. Hear me, the servant of the Lord. You are in your Bethlehem state of your ministry. A time will come you will go through Nazareth you will go through Galilee you will go through Golgotha but you will come to your upper room and your day of Pentecost will come and you shall be introduced to multitude of people and one day you will be saving 3,000 souls but that begins with saving that one soul and begin with obedience come on, hold one person's hand we are all ministers. You don't know what he is going through. You don't know what she is going through. Maybe she's in the Bethlehem state and is about to be discouraged. When you look at this mega church and you look at the beauty and you see the designer clothes, sometimes you are tempted to be discouraged, but you got to keep on keeping on. Pray for him. Pray for her. Oh, randelelelele. Today, whilst in prayer, I just feel led, Bishop, to pray for all the brothers and sisters who feel the call of God at the age, under the age of 25. All brothers and sisters under the age of 25 That you feel the call of God My brother, I want you to come forward here My sister, I want you to come forward here And all the leaders and the ministers We are going to pray for you Because these days are something else Come on, come on, keep coming Quick, 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 quick Anyone under 25 That's how I feel left because that is where the confusion is. I remember those days when we couldn't even afford our, our fare back home after we have preached. Then you wonder if God has called you. Kondara Brandea. Lele Can I crave your indulgence and come forward and join me here? And all the senior ministers, can you raise your hand upon our younger brothers and sisters? Yes, Lord. And brothers and sisters, we are here to tell you God is faithful. He will bring you where he has said, he will bring you only. Don't you give up and don't look at somebody and be discouraged, but hold on to the revelation of God upon your life. Can you lift up your hands? Those brothers and sisters, the young ones, and oh, say, you, Lord, you know, just make hungry
1: before we pray. Yes, listen. This altar call is very prophetic. Mm. I'll tell you that the founders of our charismatic churches, mm-hmm. they were 25 years and below. Yes. Yes. All of those who started, like 25, Archbishop was 20. Mm. Bishop Doug Mills was 25. Most of the others, all of them just 10, 60, maybe 2, 3 years ago, mm. and have been in ministry for 35 years. So you can imagine that you see, these were the founders of charismatic churches at yes. your age. Mm-hmm. And this is the age where you also think that you are not yet at the place or at the point. Mm-hmm. But I'm showing you that 30, 40, 35 years ago, mm-hmm. this was 1984, mm-hmm. almost 40 years ago. That's when Mensa Utabil and this uh, Takia boy, Bishop Dag, all of them started their ministry at 25. Mm-hmm. Around 25. Mm-hmm so this altar call is very prophetic because in the next 10 to 20 years these are the bishops and pastors who are going to champion the revivals in the days to come
2: Hallelujah. praise the name of the lord shall we or the rest of us lift up our hands towards them we know the temptations we know the trials, we know the enticement, we know the deception. but let us pray and make intercession and supplication and petitioning on behalf of these ones that they will stand and go through the fire and be purified and refined as gold and be all that God has called them to be they will not turn to the left nor turn to the right they will walk by faith and not by sight the wicked one shall not kill them every death wish on the life of these ones in the authority of Jesus we break it we release love life for you are in the kingdom for such a time as this there is a cause there is a reason there is a race to be run there are victories to be won. There are mountains to be possessed. There are villages to be evangelized. There are nations to be won for Christ. And you, and you, and you are the ministers. Jesus. Lord, I pray for my brothers and sisters. You have called them into the kingdom for such a time as this. Lord, when we were at their age, we remember the doubts. We remember the confusion. We remember the discouragement. But you kept us through and your faithfulness has appeared to us all we pray for the tenacity of faith we pray from the spirit of sacrifice we pray for the spirit of worship and we pray for the spirit of perseverance that they will persevere until the saving of their soul until the fulfillment Of their ministries anoint them with fresh oil and let their cups run over, complete your grace in their lives now and forever, in the name of your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth, and let all the people of God shout. Amen.
0: amen praise the name of the Lord we believe you have been challenged by this powerful leadership session with Bishop Eddie Addy from the Macarius Church headquarters East Lagon Hills Accra God richly bless you